I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The fan is better when you're part of it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Welcome back to the fan. Lori Rubinson here with you and... NBA trade deadline coming up this week on Thursday, but the Nets got into the action uh, early. Kyrie Irving demanding a trade. The Nets saying, okay, and dealing him away to Dallas Mavericks. Meanwhile, the New York Knicks um, with maybe their best win of the season came from 21 down to beat the Sixers tonight to talk about the Knicks, the net, uh, the Nets and Kyrie Irving, the trade deadline, all of it. We bring in Stefan Bondi from the New York Daily News. Um, hey, Steph, how are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me on. Um, I, we'll start with, we'll get into the Knicks and their trade deadline and their win tonight and all of that, but for a second... Uh, the big story in the NBA, this Kyrie Irving um, trade. And from everything, I, I know in the past you've also even covered the Nets and and certainly understand the inner workings over there. Um, from everything that you know of the situation, um, mm-hmm. is this as, as simple on some level as Kyrie Irving just um, wanted the new contract, wanted the money, and when the Nets were not willing to do a four-year max right now, he demanded a trade, or was he just unhappy with the situation? Um, no, I, I mean, I think it came down to the money, but, I mean, there's so many layers to the story, and we've seen it all unfold throughout the years um, that he's been with the Nets, is that he's found different and innovative ways to not play basketball. Um, and I think the Nets were well within their rights to include these stipulations in his contract, um, such as games played and stuff like that, and he felt that they didn't need that he's of the level a player that shouldn't have those kind of things in his contract. Um, so yeah, I mean it was it was basically came down to the contract, but so much more went into it. And um, you know, when you look back at Kyrie Irving's time with the Nets, it was a complete disaster of his own making. Yeah. Um, so how would you? summarize or characterize uh, Kyrie Irving's time with the Brooklyn Nets? Well, like I said, I think, I think he just, uh, you know, it's obvious he is a fantastic basketball player. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the greatest offensive players in the NBA, Um, perhaps the greatest ball handler in the history of the NBA. He's that good. 
Um, but when it comes to team leadership, being available, um, putting the team first, he just never does that. He's a, con- he's a contrarian. Um, and, um, it, you know, it, it affects the entire organization from top to bottom. Um, and he has support from all the players. Uh, I, th- I think his teammates still love him, but it's, it's just a matter of, hey, was this guy available? Was he helping us win? And in every turn, the answer was no. Um, he, like I said, there were different ways. I mean, you know, the first year he didn't want, he didn't want to play in the bubble. Um, and right. I know his, they, they said it was a shoulder injury, but there was more to that. And then he didn't want to get the vaccine. And then the, um, anti-Semitic, uh, film that he refused to acknowledge at first. And then, you know, and then now it's becomes the contract. So it's one thing after another. It's interesting to me that he cared, he didn't care about money when he was losing his salary over the vaccine stuff. And when he lost his Nike contract over the anti-Semitic stuff, but now it's all about money. Um, so to me, it just feels like he's just finding different ways to not play basketball. And and now he's going to Dallas, and we'll see what they they can make out of him. Under the circumstances, everybody knowing he had asked for the trade, um, how do you think the Brooklyn Nets did in terms of getting value back for him? Well, I, I they actually did better than I thought. I, I thought he'd have... Um, very little value because he's so unreliable. Um, and listen, they were never going to get back what his talent is, but they were able to create a bidding war um, because the Lakers desperately wanted him. Phoenix wanted in. Uh, I think at one point the Clippers wanted in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they, they got a bidding war, and they were able to get two serviceable players um, in um, Dorian Finney-Smith and, and Spencer Dinwiddie as well as the first-round pick. They did not get closer to title contention, though. And when you have a 34-year-old Kevin Durant, that's a problem. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's more moves on the horizon and they have until the uh, Thursday trade deadline to make that happen because you don't, you you know, you have one of the greatest players in the NBA on your roster. His window is shrinking and you need to provide him a championship level team. And right now that's not what the Nets are. Any rumors? Uh, one of the rumored teams around there that have been tossed around is the uh, Toronto Raptors, who um, have some talent on that roster. Um, could you see them, uh, I don't know, on some level being a fit with uh, with the Nets for a trade to upgrade? Yeah, I mean, they, they have OG and Anobi, mm-hmm. who, um, you know, the Knicks are also linked to. But there there isn't that superstar player that's going to become available, I don't think. I mean, when you look down um, the list of the NBA teams, you got to look at teams that might go into the sell mode, and perhaps the Chicago Bulls will go down that route, but there's been no indication thus far. They obviously have Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. Um, I don't think Toronto would make Pascal Siakam available. Mm-hmm. So when you look at the Raptors roster, I think the best you can get from them is, is uh, OG Ananobi. Um and, you know, Fred Van Vliet may become available as well, but every indication right now is that he wants to stay in Toronto. Um, so let's turn to then the uh, the Knicks. And um, obviously you were there, you covered the team. Um, and talking about tonight's Knicks win, down by 21 points, they are playing the second night of a back-to-back um, R.J. Barrett was sick before the game, so playing without one of their top players, and yet um, 
it, it, it was it, you know under the circumstances, all things put you know together against mm-hmm. a top three in the East team uh, like the uh, the Sixers. Was this their best win of the year? Um, I mean, it's up there. It's tough to say whether it's better than they they won an, an overtime thriller the other night in Boston. Mm-hmm. That was pretty good. Um, so there's there's a few impressive victories, but this is obviously one of them. Um, you know, and, and when you talk about leads now and that 21 point lead that was in the first quarter in today's, and I've, I'm discovering this more this season than any other season I've covered. And I think this is my 13th season, um, in covering an NBA. It, leads don't mean anything anymore. I mean, with the way the three pointer, the teams are shooting three pointers and the pace that they're playing at, um, when you look at a 20 point, one point lead in the first quarter, you think, ah, that's nothing. And sure enough, the Knicks, um, the Knicks carved into that pretty quickly. They were only yeah, down by two at halftime. Yeah, eleven, and and they even that they cut to eleven even in the first quarter. So they were down twenty-one right. in the first quarter, cut it to eleven by the end of the first quarter, and then to your point, um, only down two by halftime was was really impressive. Now, what would you say to Knicks fans who? There are, you know, they're out there and they, they call me or they weigh in on Twitter and say, um, the Knicks did this without RJ Barrett. There are a lot of Knicks fans that are down on him and felt that, uh, I had somebody on, on Twitter say to me, um, team chemistry better without RJ there. Okay. Um, (laughs) so there's not enough big enough, there's not a big enough sample size to really look at that and and judge that. Obviously RJ Barrett is a very talented offensive player Mm -hmm. and he came into this season with ideas of you know becoming an all defense type of player that that to me was always never never going to happen because he is not athletic enough um to become that type of player he's big enough but I, i he just he's not able to keep up with these guards on the perimeter um which is why quentin grimes has been so important because they they've now shifted him when he when he took um Evan Fournier's spot in the starting lineup they put Quentin Grimes on the best perimeter player whereas before RJ Barrett was trying that not doing very successfully at it so I think you know that there could be something to it I think Thibodeau realizes it sometimes because he's playing RJ Barrett with the second unit a lot um at the same time talent is king in the NBA and RJ Barrett has has that so you know, it's it's not the be- It's not great to say you know we're better without this guy who's talented. They clearly have to find a way to incorporate him into the roster and into the rotation. So, um, he's yeah, also they only twenty-two. Really well today. So he's the, also only twenty-two. That's yeah. that's the hard part. Is he is one of the top three players on the team. He's twenty-three years old. Um, you don't know what you know, but on the other hand, is this his ceiling? And you know, right. to your point, without the uh, the elite athleticism, is is this his ceiling, or how much better can he get through hard work? Um, you know that that I think I find that interesting with an R.J. Barrett. Now, one of the things that happened tonight, obviously, was Evan Fournier, who really has not got you know is out of the rotation, doesn't get many minutes, hasn't played. Um, with the uh, with that opportunity of R.J. Barrett being sick tonight, Fournier gets 24 minutes and five of eight uh, three-pointers, 17 points, was a real difference maker in this game. And when I think of some of the things the Knicks could use, and frankly a lot of teams could use at the deadline, it's shooting and, mm-hmm. and good three-point shooting. So uh, is this at all – do the Knicks have to look at this and say to Tom Thibodeau, we're, you either have to play – 
Evan Fournier in some role and get that shooting into the lineup, or do they have to trade Evan Fournier because it's all about maximizing value, and he has no value sitting on the bench. Yeah, no, I think they've come to the realization that they have to trade Evan um, and they have to trade Cam Reddish. And it's possible they have to trade Derrick Rose, except I think there's a possibility of Derrick Rose staying on this roster and being okay with not playing and being that um, veteran mentor. But, yeah, I mean, you have the problem with Evan Fournier is his contract. I think he's mm-hmm. owed $36 million, which, you know, you they, every team likes shooting, but they don't want to pay $36 million for a three-point specialist when you can get that a lot cheaper. So that's been the holdup in trying to deal Evan Fournier. Um, I, I do, I wouldn't, I certainly would not be shocked if he's traded by the deadline on Thursday. When you think about the big picture, um, Nick's deadline strategy, Mm -hmm. I look at this team and they, you know, playing hard, um, sitting there right now in the seventh seed, they're lurking. Uh, you know, if they play well, they could maybe, you know, overtake Miami, end up as the sixth seed, something like that. But they are a team in the middle, and they they don't have um, they don't have superstars the way, obviously, some of the teams that are really contending for a title have superstars. With the roster being what it is, and they have a lot of young players, with the roster being what it is, when you think of what their strategy should be at the deadline, what should it be? Well, I think you try to maximize um, what what. You, in other words, if you can get second round picks for Camp Reddish, you do that because he's never going to play in Tom Thibodeau's system. If you're able to get any type of assets for Evan Fournier, you do that. But you know, in terms of making the home run move, I don't think that's going to be available to them in uh, at this deadline. I think the biggest thing they could possibly do is, is get OG and Anobi from Toronto, and that would require a couple. Uh, two or three first-round picks, and that's a, certainly a hefty price. And he'll upgrade the wing position and add a um, you know a good defensive player. But you know it doesn't make him a title contender. I, I think they're still of the mindset where we 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 stockpile all these draft picks. We have eleven draft pick first-round picks over the next seven years, including one that's going to come from Dallas. So actually, right. Kyrie Irving's move there is is relevant to them. Um, and if that superstar player becomes available, we're going to be in the market for that that person. Now, what confused me is Donovan Mitchell was available. Donovan right. Mitchell wanted to come to New York, and they got outbid for him. So, you know, I, who's going to become available that's better than Donovan Mitchell? Right now, I don't see that person. Yeah, and I mean, the... unless it's Kevin Durant, but I don't think the Nets want to deal with that one deal. Kevin Durant to the Knicks. Yeah, that seems unlikely. Um... And in terms of Donovan Mitchell, I mean, amongst the many rumors, one of them was the Knicks not wanting to include R.J. Barrett with that uh, with that trade. Is that what you heard? Is that what held them back? No, that wasn't the whole. I mean, if anything, Utah didn't want to take on R.J. Barrett after he signed that contract. Right. That, you know, Once they, he signed they, the contract, I get it. But yeah. before he signed the contract. No, they were willing to to give up R.J. Barrett before he signed the contract. That was the, the contract was a deadline that they the Knicks had reached mm-hmm. with R.J. and his agent, where it's like, all right, if we don't get a deal done by this day, we're going to extend you. Um, so that that's, that's what happened there. They weren't trying. The reason why they didn't give him the extension earlier is because they were willing to include him in trade negotiations 
for uh, Donovan Mitchell. And they just got outbid. Um, yeah, not, I, and yeah. I, they, you know, Utah didn't look at New York's roster, and they weren't very impressed with the players that they were getting back. So they wanted more unprotected draft picks, and they haggled over those picks. And eventually, you know, it took so long. Danny Ainge and the Utah Jazz says we'll take what Cleveland had to offer. Mm-hmm. Talking to Stephen Bondi from the New York Daily News, and so. Yeah, to your point, if you look around, if there's no superstar being dealt right now, and, and usually I think of those sort of players as it, it happening more in the offseason um, mm-hmm. than, than now, um, if it is about just um, you know trying to get better on the fringes, you would think that for the Knicks, giving up for a team that still is that team in the middle lacking superstars, not one player away from being a title contender, um, does it make sense to deal first round picks for somebody who, um, you know, is just going to be making you marginally better? Well, I, yes and no. And when I say yes, it's, it's there's also keep in mind that they have a very real goal and expectation of making the playoffs. I mean, the owner came out and even said it. Um, so yeah, I mean, they, they, they're trying to contend. There is no, this is not a rebuilding season. It's, it's rebuilding in the sense they're not title contenders and they're trying to get better, but this is not a situation where it's like, all right, we're, we don't see ourselves as title contenders, so we're going to go play for the draft lottery. That's not what this team is about right now. This team has a very real goal and expectation of making the playoffs. So, yeah, they're, they, they're going to look to improve if, if it makes sense. Um, and, you know... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, what's the biggest need then if you're identifying and taking a look and trying to improve this team? What's the biggest need? Um, I, I think perimeter defense. Mm-hmm. Um, Quentin Grimes has done a pretty good job there, and um, certainly Miles McBride did a good job today. But that's been a problem all season for them. They're giving up way too many three-pointers. They're getting carved up in the pick and roll. Um, some of that might be Mitchell Robinson being out too because he gives them another um, threat that um, perimeter guards are, have to be wary of um, in the pick-and-roll defense. But I think that is the issue, and I think Ananobi helps with that. So you'd give up, uh, you'd give up a few? Um, well, so there's there's different degrees to the first-round picks. The, like the, the unprotected they, they versus little, the protected? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have a bunch of protected first-round picks that are not viewed as valuable around the league because – you know, there's a big difference between, hey, there's a possibility of us getting the number three pick, or there's no way we can get anything in the top 16. So, um, yeah, I, I I could see them moving those, two, like, two protected picks and, and a young player for OG and Anobi, and that makes sense to me. Yeah, that that was one of the things when the Knicks made all those flurry of deals um, and, you know, trading down and some of the things they did that did seem odd was that um, – just all the protections on those picks. And, you know, I was saying before on air uh, a little earlier, like that pick with Detroit, that is, you know, it's top 18 protected for Detroit. They're, you know, that number one the next couple of years, and then it starts mm-hmm. to turn into something else and whatever and all that other stuff. But, um, but I mean, Detroit's not going to be um, outside the top 18, the ne- you know, this year and next. So, mm-hmm. you know, what's the value of, of picks like that? Not much, which is why Danny Ainge wanted no part of them. <laughs> yeah, and that's what you worry. Toronto, you know, they're not stupid either. 
Um, no, nope, Masai. Masai knows what he's doing. Yeah, exactly. And so you're always wary when you get into negotiations with him because he has fleeced the Knicks not once but uh, but twice before. All right. Um, hey, you know, in terms of the team, Julius Randle, wanted to ask you about this as well, though, is um, what has – compare his season from two years ago when he was uh, that all-star with the Knicks, obviously had the down year last year, to this season. What do you – you know, what do you see about his game two years ago versus this mm-hmm. year? I think two years ago he was more the clear-cut number one guy. Um, and he carried that load, and he did it superbly. And he was hitting his three-point shot at a ridiculous level, something he'd never done before, and it affected the re- the rest of his game. I think he has a little bit of a lesser role this season, and he's benefiting from that because he do- he doesn't have to take the burden and the pressure of being that number one guy because once teams figured out how that they can blitz him and get, get him um, flustered and get him to make bad decisions with the ball – that really, really hurt his uh, his production last season, and, and you know it obviously translated with his three point percentage, which went off a cliff. With Jalen Brunson on this team, um, it it gives him that other person that can be the ball handler that that he can now play off the ball, run off the ball, make cuts, um, do a bunch of things that that gets him easy looks at the basket, um, gets him gets him attacking the basket, and I think that's when he's at his best. So I think the addition of Jalen Brunson has really helped him offensively. And in terms of uh, Jalen Brunson, um, did you think he should be an all-star? And if yes, um, I realize that means somebody else is not. But w- mm-hmm. what did you think about Brunson? Uh, I, I would have a tough time saying that the Knicks deserve two all-stars. Um, just because they're a five, they're you know close to 500 team. And mm-hmm. a team like Philadelphia, they didn't get into – they didn't get in two players. They didn't get in James Harden. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't, I, you know, I think it was one or the other with Jalen and, and Julius, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's he's obviously had a tremendous season. I was one of the people that were questioning the Knicks giving him that contract. But he's really turned out to be the best free agent signing of that summer in the entire NBA. Um, he's been that good. Um. Yeah, I, I think Jalen Brunson is, and in some ways it's interesting, um, I think the whole trade with Dallas is, uh, you know, had in some ways, and them getting um, Kyrie um, has to do with the fact that they didn't re-sign Jalen Brunson and then found themselves, you know, without that uh, that second sidekick to uh, to Luka. Um, kind of forced them yeah. into this move. 100%. They've... We we see how valuable he is with the Knicks, but I think that also shows how valuable he is was to Dallas that they've struggled so much without him. Um, they really haven't replaced him, which is why they're going after a guy like Kyrie Irving. Now, do you you meant you know a night like tonight? You mentioned um, obviously uh, Deuce McBride stepped up and had a really big game and and played a role. Um, as we approach the trade deadline, one player, you know, Obi Toppin, um, in there, 14 minutes, um, you know, with with Julius Randle playing, you know, playing better, bounce back season, playing well, um, just doesn't feel like Obi Toppin has taken that step forward that maybe the Knicks were expecting, hoping. Is he a player that could get dealt at the trade deadline? Yes, he could, um, and there had. Uh, I think it was. I saw a report. There, there were discussions with the Indiana Pacers, 
who are interested. And um, he's actually had a couple of big games against the Pacers, so that makes sense. But, um, you know, guys like, you know, could he get a deal for Jared Vanderbilt or Malik Beasley? The problem with the problem with Obi Toppin um, in New York is that the Knicks, when they drafted him in 2020, had no idea that Julius Randle was going to be this. Um, they thought Julius Randle was just going to be an expiring contract that they can either trade or get rid of in the following offseason, and Obi Toppin would be their power forward of the future. That is not what happened. Um, and Thibodeau does not want to play Obi Toppin with Julius Randle together. So that means Obi Toppin gets no opportunities. And it's been like that since he's been drafted, and it's going to continue like that to be like that so long as Julius Randle's on the roster. Which makes which means it makes the most sense to try to trade him. So I've heard you say a couple of times, like, yeah, Tom Thibodeau's, yeah, not not going to play Obi Toppin with uh, Julius Randle, and Tom Thibodeau's not going to play, you know, Cam Reddish, and he's not going to play Evan Fournier, you know, because of the defense. And um, certainly, I'm sure you're familiar. I have Knicks fans on on social, um, you know, Knicks fans who are not happy with um, Tom Thibodeau. You know what? What kind of job do you think Tom Thibodeau is doing this season? And um, does some of that rigidity um, hurt this Knicks team in terms of moving forward? Um, I so I have to look at it in the big picture. I always have to because, and I think you should as when you look at coaches. And this is not a rebuild. This is not a team that is going out there saying we're focused on complete player development and we're willing mm-hmm. to go into the draft. This is a team that's trying to make the playoffs. And when you look at the roster and you look at the record that they have now, I don't think you could have possibly expected much better, mm-hmm. if any better at all. Mm-hmm. So when you look at that, I think you have to say he's done a good job in, in finding the right formula and the right recipe for these particular players to win. Um, they do not have the best individual talent. They certainly are not great individual defenders if you take them by themselves. Maybe Quentin Grimes would and Mitchell Robinson, but the other ones, no. Um, But they've been able to win these games. They've been able to, in the last two weeks, they've beaten the Celtics, the Heat, uh, the Cavs, and now the 76ers. So, yeah, I think he's done a pretty good job. All right. And, uh, you know, final, um, do you expect, um, I mean, there's all kinds of possibilities of what might happen, but do you Mm -hmm. expect the the Knicks to make a deal um, before the deadline? Yes, and I think the most obvious one is Cam Reddish leaving. Um, whether that's for a second-round pick by himself uh, or he's part of a larger package that the Knicks put together to try to get somebody bigger, I don't know. But um, Cam, they've been trying to trade Cam Reddish for months, um, and today's the deadline. And if they don't do it by Thursday, they're going to lose him for nothing. So I certainly expect Cam Reddish to, to be gone. All right. Any any rumored um, teams you're hearing? Um, well, the Lakers have mm-hmm. always been yeah. the uh, they're rumored with everybody. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, and he he's represented by Clutch Sports, which is uh, big with the Lakers. So that would not surprise me. All right. Steph Bondi, uh, Stephen Bondi from the New York Daily News does a fantastic job covering the association. If you're not following him, you should um, appreciate the time. We'll catch up with you soon. All right. Thanks a lot.
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.